Hello, and welcome to Food Plus Freedom, a solution-based podcast and website for freedom-loving people, where you get solutions about food, buying supplies, and finding freedom for your family without always being dependent on big government, big business, or big agriculture. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Plus, visit our website, foodplusfreedom.com, for more podcasts and articles. You can find us on social media, Twitter, and Truth Social at Food Plus Freedom, Podbean, foodplusfreedom.podbean.com, and Telegram, t.me slash food underscored plus underscored freedom. I'm Janet Davis. Today is October 18th, 2023, episode 10. Today is October's Q&As. All questions come from you through our newsletter, emails, and from just running into people in the streets. Questions that come up and discussions that happen. If you have any questions, email me at support at foodplusfreedom.com. I will answer your emails. I will also let you know if your question will be on the next Q&A show. And if you want to mention, just let us know and we'll give you a shout out. Now, on with the show. This month's Q&A is really more than one question. It's a discussion. It's a discussion I was having with friends about boycotts and boycotts. First of all, what is a boycott? Well, simple. A boycott is something you avoid. You avoid going to a certain restaurant because you don't like it. You avoid buying a certain product because you don't like the manufacturer. You don't go to a baseball game because you're boycotting baseball. Anything that you choose not to do for a specific reason. And yes, we're going to keep this as unpolitical as possible. But these terms are also very important. The other one is a boycott. Boycott is a relatively new term. It's where you want to support something, so you buy from them. It could be as simple as buying from your favorite store and buying more than you usually buy because you know that they're having a problem. Usually, it's a push-come-shove because somebody's boycotting it on the other side of the aisle that doesn't agree with your beliefs, so you're trying to make sure that that business doesn't go out of business. So now that we have the definitions of them, the conversation that we're having is, why should you boycott and why should you boycott? And are they effective? You should boycott, in my opinion, because you don't like what that company stands for, or what they're doing and they don't align with your values. You should buy cod because you want to keep a company in business and you want to give them your support. Are they effective? Most definitely. Now you might think of some of the really big ones that we've seen in the news, like Budweiser or Goya. But let's look at it from a smaller perspective, as in your mom and pop store. Yes, I push for local, 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 local. Because when it comes down to all the garbage going on, it's your local area you're going to have to depend on, and they're going to depend on you. So let's say instead of going over to the big box store and buying your new stove, you go down to the local store. And you buy it 
from a local company. Yes, they're going to get the exact same stove as your big box store. It might be a little more. It might be a little less. A lot of times they'll match prices. But now you're giving your small company business. And then when you like that stove and you like the service they gave you, you're going to tell your friend, I got my stove here. So even though you're not going to buy something all the time, you're giving them your, your money and you're giving them good advertising. Let's take it down one more notch onto smaller items. Let's say your favorite restaurant, small pizzeria place. It's owned by the neighbor down the road. If you always go there instead of to a large conglomeration, you're going to give them business all the time and your money is going to stay local and it's going to stay with the family. So yes, for question one, it's really important that you learn where you want to boycott and when you want to boycott so that your money that has power can be given to people you believe have your best interest and you keep everything local. Question number two, why you should you use cash or should you use cash? Yes, my answer is yes, you should use cash anytime you can. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to visit the city to visit some family. And I was amazed at how much nobody carried cash. They'd whip out their debit card for a couple dollars. No cash, debit card, credit card. And I, I questioned, I said, well, why don't you carry cash? Because for me, it makes sense to carry cash and not debit. And their question was, why bother carrying cash? I just carry my debit card. A couple things we came up with is one, when you use your debit or credit card, somebody can know everything you're doing. Not that somebody is going to actually target you or that somebody or a company or big anybody is going to pay attention to what you are buying, but it's the point that they can. For them, that probably wasn't enough for them to want to carry cash. But then we went to what we call a very, very large farmer's market. And I love farmer's markets. So whenever I go out of town, even if it's just to the next city over, I like to go to the farmer's market. I love giving business to small businesses, plus farmers and homesteaders who do what I do. Plus, you get the best food and best ideas. And it's like talking to old friends. When we were there, we started buying some, some products and I would always give them cash. And my family member would be using their debit card. And she realized very quickly that my stuff costs less than theirs. Why? Because a lot of times when you pay in cash, it's cheaper because using a credit card costs a company more money. No, if you go to a big box store, they're not going to care. But if you go to a small store, a lot of times they do. Not all of them. Some places I've seen in different states where it says if you use credit or debit, it'll cost you an extra 30, 
uh, 3.2%. Some states don't allow it. I've seen it where it says, if you use cash, you're, you will save 3.2% and everything in between. When you also, when you have cash, nothing can really go wrong with, with your, your debit card. And I'm not saying because you don't have enough money or you spent too much, but sometimes when you're traveling, your bank sets up an alert because, wait, you're not where you normally are. Or wait, you're not buying things you normally buy, and it's a red flag. Well, it's kind of cool because if your card ever gets stolen and you're not using it like you normally would because somebody else is buying things which aren't your buying habits, they can catch it. But on the same time, they also know everything that you're buying. And right now it might be okay that you're buying it, but someday, and I hope not, we could be in a situation in America where we are being monitored for everything that we are buying as well. But the other thing that happened is that one of my friends on a different trip went to go use their debit card. And guess what? The debit machine at the gas station wasn't working. I had cash on hand. So I said, here, just take it. And we took it up and we said, can you take cash? And the guy said, yeah, I can't take anything but cash. And that was just because there was a glitch in the system. So yes, cash is king because you have control over it. Nobody can monitor what you're doing. Nobody can know what you're buying and you have it in hand. I will add one more thing. On my trip, some of the airports did not allow you to use cash. Well, this gives you a choice. Either you give into the system of making you not use cash and use your debit card which is okay if that's what you want to do, or you're prepared and you bring your own food so you don't have to buy anything at that place. The airport is one of the only places I have found so far, but I don't go in and out of cities a whole lot. Just thought I would mention it though. And if you do decide that you want to be able to carry something instead of cash, but you don't want the bank to always know what you're spending. And it's not a mindset of I'm doing something wrong because somebody's probably going to tell you that. It's a mindset of I don't need anybody knowing my business because this is a free world as much as it is still. But you can buy prepaid Visa cards that you can put more money on or MasterCards and you can use them. And you basically, you put money on it And then as you're using it, it's not connected to you as a person. It's not connected to your bank account. It's just a standalone way to be able to spend money without having cash. Question number three. Can you explain to me a little bit more about the terms organic, non-GMO, GMO, GMO, and bioengineered? Let's just go with terms. Organic or certified organic is verbiage that came out of the USDA to separate farmers who wanted to grow in a more natural way from 
farmers that grew in just regular commercial ways. Organic farmers wanted to be separated because they didn't want to use synthetic pesticides, herbicides. They didn't want to use genetically engineered seeds, feed, etc. So it became a certification and it's a good idea, but the government usually ruins anything that starts as a good idea. And it started costing a lot of money for a small farm to get certified, even though there are programs in order to help offset the cost, it's not worth it. The manpower to keep everything certified is not worth it. And some of the things that having a certified organic farm won't allow you to do is good. And some of the things that having a certified organic farm that they'll allow you to do, the organic farmers that I know that are truly organic won't do. Just something to think about. If you're dealing with a smaller grower and you ask them, you know, how, how is your food grown? Ask them. A lot of times they'll say, well, none of, you know, we grow in an organic manner. They can say that. Most won't at this stage of the game. But they'll say, well, we're not certified organic, um, but everything is non-GMO and um, we don't spray synthetically or, you know, we don't spray at all or you can ask them, do you spray? What do you spray with? Maybe they'll say diatomaceous earth or eggshells. Uh, but they can't say we grow organically if they're not certified. They can say they grow in an organic manner. So you just need to ask because when you're talking to someone who's growing the food firsthand, they know exactly what they're doing. If they have somebody at the stand because you're at a farm stand who's kind of flip-flopping around, just ask them straight out. You know, do you do this? Do you use genetically modified seeds? Do you add feed to it? Do you spray? And if they don't really know, ask them, can I have a card and can I call the farmer? Because they just might not know. They may have help at one of their booths because they're busy, which is a good thing, but they may fit into what you want. A new term on the block is bioengineered. There is a symbol for it. We're not used to looking for it. So it's usually written in the ingredients at the bottom. And I will, I will say this many, many times when we talk about organic, non-GMO, and GMO. It will say something to the fact of this product may contain bioengineered material. Run, stay away from it. We don't really know what's in it, and they can stick anything they want in it. Now, if something is organic, it means it's non-GMO. You cannot have genetically modified anything on an organic farm. If something is non-GMO, it does not mean it's organic, because you could still have something that's grown in an organic manner, and be non-GMO, but you could also have something that's non-GMO and they decide to spray it. In my mind, I don't know why they would, but unless you can talk to the grower and ask them, you don't know. You don't know at all. So there we have it. Organic, 
means it's not. It's non-GMO. Bioengineered means it is GMO. It's genetically modified. If something is non-GMO, it doesn't mean it's organic. Question number four, and I get asked this a lot. Do I really need to read labels of things I buy? Especially things I buy all the time. My answer is, hell yes. One reason why is because when there is shortages in supplies, your products can have the ingredients changed and they don't always tell you. There's a certain percentage they don't have to actually tell you there's a change. I think it's 10%. I'm not 100% sure on that. But they don't have to tell you and they don't. But the only other reason is that one of the things I'm striving to do this year, and I try every year to do something more, is to not buy from China. Why? Well, I just don't think it's a really good idea to give that country my business. goes to that boycott and boycott situation. And there are certain things you always check on, like electronics, computers. Do we have choices? We've got to pick the best choices to get the things we want. But I really didn't expect to find it on my toilet paper. Yep, you heard me, my toilet paper. I do like to get some items in bulk, and I have not yet found a company that I can get bulk toilet paper from, or I hadn't, because that is changing, because I am in the search for a couple, and I have a couple friends that have given me some toilet paper company um, names, and we're going to look into it and start ordering. But I was sitting down putting away the toilet paper, not thinking about it, flipped it over and it said, made in China. Why is my toilet paper being made in China? And there are quite a few toilet paper companies that are made in the United States. This was actually an off-brand that was made for a larger store. And again, yes, I preach Go to your mom and pop places. I have not gotten to where I'm at 100% mom and pop places. And one of the big things is toilet paper. So yes, read all your labels and then you can make choices, even if it's your toilet paper, of where you want to buy it. And lastly, question number five, what is a mindset? Can you check your mindset? Mindset is a relatively newer term that has become quite the buzzword, probably never heard of it 10 years ago, but it's where you're thinking and how you look at things. Um, it's not necessarily your beliefs as in your morals, but it could be, but how you look at something. For instance, my mindset for the grocery store is I figure out what I'm going to need for two or three weeks and I go. But before I do that, I try to figure out ways not to actually go to the grocery store in the first place because I'm growing my own or I'm buying it from somebody local. That's my mindset about grocery stores versus someone else who doesn't feel it's important to have more control over their food or 
grow their own food or buy local. They literally don't think about where their food comes from. They just run down to the grocery store and buy food anytime they want. I have family members that will go to the grocery store two, three, four times a week because in their mindset, the grocery store is right there. It's five minutes away or 10 minutes away. I can pick it up on the way home from work or school or whatever. And so they don't think about it. That is a mindset. Can you change your mindset? Of course you can. As you're exposed to different ideologies and different ways of doing things, you can change and you will change how you look at things. How you look at what is going on in your environment and then as you see things change in your mind, because the rest of the world isn't changing. I mean, the rest of the world is changing, but specifically for how you're growing your food and buying your food, that isn't changing, but your idea of how it should be is going to change. And then you change your behavior dependent upon your mindset. And really your mindset changes dependent upon your behavior because they're connected. Thank you for listening to October 2023 Q&A. Hang tight for the tip of the week. This week's tip is some homestead fun facts. And it has to do with chickens. Did you know that chickens don't have lips? Nope, they have beaks. Did you know that chickens can't smell? That means you can give them not so good smelling food that is still good for them. Like a little moldy bread's not going to hurt them. Or maybe some leftover cheese that was left in your refrigerator too long. And lastly, did you know that not only do roosters crow, but so do hens? It's a sound they make to alert the rest of the flock. Now, we always think a rooster crows first thing in the morning. And a lot of times they do. They're saying time to wake up. But they also crow all through the rest of the day whenever they want to. Or if they need to alert the other hens. Or if a hen needs to alert the rest of the flock as well. Now you know. Until next time. Enjoy and have a great day.